Welcome to the Beyond the Box Score podcast, brought to you in part by Fast Model Sports. In this episode, I interview Coach Jonas Hayes. He's the head men's basketball coach at Georgia State University. Coach, how's it going? Coach, if I were any better, I'd be you. Thanks for having me on, David. Thanks for having me on, baby. No problem. Coach, you want to give yourself a brief introduction to our listeners? Oh, yeah. Jonas Hayes, born and raised Atlanta, Georgia. I'm uh, fortunate enough to be have a point, have been appointed the basketball coach at Georgia State, which is my hometown. Grew up a, th- a stone's throw from this uh, university's gym. Uh, and I'm excited to be here, excited to be back home, and I'm ready to get this thing rolling. What was your childhood like growing up in the ATL? It was unbelievable. The basketball here, even when I was growing up in the, in the 90s, uh, wasn't near the, the internet wasn't what it is today. You didn't have grassroots basketball, but we had a, a competitive nature, even on the black tops, man. Uh, it was an unbelievable scene, basketball scene then. I think now it's getting the credit nationally because media has taken hold of it, social media and, 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 and those type things. Um, but Atlanta basketball, you know, we've known this. Uh, from the from the get go, so we've always been bullish on the level of talent. Uh, it's just now getting this it's it's due just from a from a media and uh, publicity standpoint. I heard a rumor you went to high school with a, a pretty big name celebrity. Are you really in school with Ti? Ti, yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Talk- Douglas High School gonna put out a put out a good amount, good amount of uh, um, just performers, Finesse Mitchell. You had my, my brother, you had Jamal Lewis. You had a lot of, you had a lot of good ones yet. Uh, yeah. What do you remember about those guys back in high school? I mean, they, they were just regular guys, man. T.I. used to be sitting in class writing lyrics to songs. Um, very talented dude, very talented, down to earth, talented as hell. One of the most talented individuals, the brightest minds that we had in our school. You played alongside your brother Jarvis growing up. Did you two realize that you wanted to play together in college as well? Yeah, we we knew that, and and because our connection, our chemistry, was so that we wanted to keep that going as long as we can. We knew at some point in time that it was going to be it was going to it was going to come a point in time where we didn't play together. Um, but you know that was that was something that was always a part of the process. Um, uh, and our thought process to um, to stay together as long as we could. In high school, you guys committed to play for Phil Hopkins at Western Carolina. Yep. What was it about WCU that made you guys want to go there? Well, so it was really we were city boys, um, and I think Phil Hopkins he done he did a great job of connecting with us, connecting with mom and my, uh, and my dad. It also helped that he had Chad Dollar on his staff. Uh, Chad Dollar went to school at my high school, Frederick Douglass. Um, we went to school with my older siblings. And so we already had a level of comfort with him. And, and really, Western Carolina was one of three schools that recruited my brother and I both, you know, along with Mercer and along with Jacksonville State. Um, and so we found a level of comfort and we didn't go on a whole lot of visits either. Uh, we found a level of comfort with Coach Hopkins uh, in Colorway in addition to Chad Dollar. Talk about having other siblings. How competitive of a household was it growing up? You know, every last one of my siblings, from my oldest sister, Katasa, 
my, my brother Marcus, my brother Raheem, and my brother and I, Jarvis, we all got scholarships to college. And we would be in the South Cobb Summer League, and a few summers, all five of us would be one team, and we'd beat the gym. We'd beat the we'd beat anybody who rolls up in that gym, uh, like they stole something, like a government mule, right? Uh, and my sister was a point guard. And my brothers were uh, Marcus and Jarvis were the wings, and my brother Raheem and I were the were the, were the front court. And I'm gonna tell you, we were hell on wheels. Now we're all in our 40s now, so you you can probably catch us on a down day now. Uh, but 20 years or so ago, coach, I don't even think we lost many games as as a unit. So uh, talking about the competitive nature in our household, we used to have spitting contests walking home from school. See my brother and I, who can spit the furthest. Every single thing that you think uh, that you can be competitive over, that's what we were. You know, both you and your twin brother uh, transferred back to Georgia after the coaching change to Western Carolina, played for Jim Herrick. Were there any other colleges you guys considered? You know, it was only two at that time. After after our freshman year, we had all every school imaginable at the power, what we would call now the power six or power five recruiting us. Uh, but we, Jarvis and I, we were so family oriented that we wanted to go back to a state where our family can share an experience. And there were really two, there were two choices that 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 made sense for us. And it was Georgia Tech and the University of Georgia. And you know, Georgia gave us an opportunity. Uh, and we never looked back. Never looked back. You played alongside current Wofford head coach Jay McCauley at Georgia. What was the Jay, scouting what was the scouting report for Jay back in the day? Elite shooter. He was he was you, you could tell he was gonna be a coach even even back when we played. We are cousins because my grandmother's maiden name is also McCauley. And so he's a light-skinned version of the Hazes. Oh, I'm a dark-skinned version of his Macaulay. So, but I, we joke we joke on that all the time. But he was an unbelievable spirit, unbelievable um, um, positive energy that we had. Uh, smart as a doggone whip. Uh, smart as a she just sharp all the way around. And um, but yeah, he was a he was a dead-eyed, smart-ass shooter. Georgia reached the postseason twice, including the 2002 NCAA tournament and the 2004 NIT during your playing days. Talk about how tough the SEC was during that stretch. Yeah, so we had 12 teams, and if my memory serves me correctly, majority of the time we had six or seven teams ranked in the top 25 in the country. I thought it was unquestioned the best best league, best job, uh, best league in the country. Uh, you talk about Tennessee with Vincent Yarborough. You had Marcus. Uh, you had Ron Slay, Hayslip, uh, Isaiah Victor. You had uh, Mario Austin at at, um, at Mississippi State. You had Udonis Haslam and that crew at Florida. Um, it, it was um it was a phenomenal league, uh, and and for for me there were no no days off. We prepared as if though we was getting ready to play the Atlanta Hawks every night. You guys ranked the top ten. Kentucky team in 2004. Now I've been part of a court storming as a fan. What was it like as a player? Well, for me to be able to go into Rupp Arena when you got 22, 23,000 fans screaming every name but yours at you, um, to be able to quieten, quieten down, shut up all those fans. Uh, there is nothing more 
grand than having that experience to go into Rupp Arena and see those guys sitting on their hands or when three, two minutes left on the clock, they head for the exits. I think that that was a phenomenal experience, but uh, th they've always had a great, great, uh, great squad. I don't think Georgia's went into Rupp Arena and won many games. I've won twice there. You know, I've beaten Kentucky as a University of Georgia basketball player four times in my career. Uh, and I take very pride, uh, very uh, a lot of pride in that because they've, they've been great. They've uh, stood the test of time in their greatness. Um, but to be able to beat them on those occasions was something I cherish for the rest of my life. Talk about your first coaching stop at Morehouse in 2005 under Gary Buer, and how unique was that first HBCU experience? Grady Brewer, uh, I think he is the, I give a lot of credit to him for my career. Uh, I had, I just finished up coaching in high school at Frederick Douglass. I spent a year at Frederick Douglass, went to the Elite Eight. I'm giving the Astros a little props here. Uh, but he, Grady Brewer, took me off of Douglas' high school uh, uh, coaching staff. Of course, he graduated from coaching. Uh, he graduated from Georgia. I'm sorry. He graduated from Douglas High School, too, so we had a connection there. And he had no reason to hire me, David. He had no reason to hire me. Uh, but my experience coaching under him, he allowed me to make so many mistakes. Uh, he allowed me to get out and sink or swim. Right. And he gave me real responsibilities as a 23 year old, 24 year old, when I could barely pick my tail out from a hole in the ground. Right. And so um, the the leadership and the patience that he he showed towards me uh, allowed me to develop into the coach I am right now. And for that, um, it was um, I, I never be able to repay him. The experience coaching at Morehouse and the HBCU is unbelievable. I think the the vibes, the energy that you that you have just on campus, but at their games, at the games, you know, it's it's like a fashion show, but it is unique. It's unique. You guys went sixteen and twelve in Morehouse, and then you moved on to South Carolina State for the two thousand six two thousand seven season under Coach Bats. You guys finished third in the MEAC. Did you have a connection with anyone on staff? Or so, how did you land that position? So the coach that hired me, Ben Betts had left. I think he had left to go to Oklahoma. The, the coach who hired me was Jamal Brown. Um, and the connection I had with uh, with Jamal Brown, my brother, Raheem, went to South Carolina State with him and made that connection. You landed at Belmont Abbey. You work under current athletic director Stephen Miss, who was a GA for the Bulldogs while you played there. Oh, had yeah. you guys stayed in touch back you know, through then? All the way through. All the way through, we stayed in touch. Uh, he's one of my dearest and closest friends in this business that I have. And um, and he um, he's a phenomenal dude, the smartest individual I've ever had a chance to know, uh, him and Jay McCauley. Um, but, yeah, I love him. Today. I love him like a brother. What's your best Pete Quinn story? Oh, <laughs> so he used to trip me out on the bench, on the bench, right? And the other team could be going for, going on a run, and it could be a matchup that that he necessarily didn't like. Uh, Coach, I know we need to change that matchup, man. So a kid coming down, he's getting ready to shoot a three, and the only thing you hear on the bench is bang. I told you he's gonna make it. Your another shot goes up, bang. He's kicking our tail, Coach. Bang. And what I tell you, uh, Pete Quinn, he will keep you rolling from the time the sun comes up 
to the time the sun goes down. Uh, I tell you what, he's a phenomenal basketball coach. He's a phenomenal mind. He has a knack for uh, for implementing defenses. Uh, he really loves it. He's he's one of the hardest working dudes that I've ever encountered in my life. Um, he's up way before the chickens get up, and he's 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 still up when the chickens go down. Um, and so that's that's his work ethic is very very admirable. Uh, and he's a um, he's one of my I want I want I'm getting ready to be grammatically incorrect, but he's one of my bestest friends in this business. <laughs> Good stuff. How tough was that conference Carolina schedule? Oh, it was very tough. You talk about Mont Olive at the time uh, was running through the league. Yeah, Mont Olive. You had Queens, who were kind of the standard bearers of that league, and and Bellman Abbott come off a eight win season. I want to say prior to eight or ten win season prior to uh, our first year together, uh, we won twenty games. Coach Miss won um, Coach of the Year. And we was putting the, the the foundation in place for a team that would end up winning a conference championship a few years later. Uh, and so the idea of me joining a program who, while they have, have had success, you know, Demetrius and you had Al, Al, Al McGuire back over in the day, um, you had a lot of a lot of guys that come through and have had some success. So they have had success. They had it was fleeting when I got there. And so to recapture some of that, not magic, but recapture some of that success while I was there was uh, was gratifying and satisfying to me. Besides the camps of the uh, schools you worked at, did you yeah. work in the other camps in the summer, any other schools or hoop group, phenom type events? No, I was always immersed in our on our on-campus camps. When I was at Belmont Abbey, I gave everything I had to that basketball program. Uh, I would visit other schools. I, I would go back to Georgia and visit. I would visit Georgia Tech and, and get ideas and pointers uh, from other from other institutions, other programs. Um, but no, I never worked for Hoop Group, Hoop Group or Rivals or anything like that. No. Gotcha. 2012, you returned to Georgia as the ops guy. You work your way up to an assistant coach the following season. Yeah, I'm curious, what was your experience like working under Coach Fox, and what was it like to be back at Georgia? My experience working for Coach Fox, uh, he gave me the opportunity to coach at the high, well, be an uh, ops guy at the, op, uh, at the high, high major level. A uh, year later, he gave me the opportunity to uh, be an assistant coach in the SEC. And if you ever want to you know, see if you can swim or sink, get thrown into the SEC waters as an assistant. And I tell people, I know how to swim, but I'm not a great swimmer. Uh, I know how not to drown. And so is you you figure some stuff out when you get thrown into a situation, especially when you're committed to, to recruiting and building relationships the right way. Uh, it, it is tough and you got and you have got to be genuine in who you are. You got to be confident in who you are. Um, so having a chance to work for Coach Fox at Georgia, it taught me the discipline I needed to impact lives. And so you can't ask your student athletes to be disciplined in every aspect of their lives if you don't exemplify that. Uh, and, and so for me, I think I'm, I'm, I'm eternally grateful for Coach Fox uh, allowing me that opportunity. Working back at my alma mater was a dream come true, right? Uh, when I was working at Georgia, if you told me I'd had a chance to work at Georgia, I thought you would have been crazy. Knowing I've been in high school ranks, I've been at Morehouse, been at South Carolina State and Bellman Abbey. You, a lot of times people can look at those institutions and great institutions, right? But people look at them and say, hell, that's the edge of civilization. That's like a tree falling in the forest. Nobody know what you're doing there. Uh, you just have to get good at your craft. 
Um, but when the opportunity arose, uh, when it came up to go back to Georgia, I jumped at it. I mean, I could have, I would have worked there for free. You know, you give, give me a couple of hot dogs and, and ham sandwiches, I would have been good. Um, but that was a that was an opportunity of a lifetime. I spent six of the best years of my career there. KCP was one of the players you guys had. Yes. How quickly did you guys know he was NBA bound? When he was in high school at Greenville, Greenville High School, it was um he was he was he was one of those talents where you walk in the gym, he he has an aura around him. Oh hell, that dude right there, he's different. And and so and he just exemplified that on the court. He was our hardest worker. Uh, he was a bucket. He was super coachable. Um, and so that was, we, we, we knew early on. Uh, I wasn't there when they recruited him, but I was very familiar with him. Uh, but we knew early on that, that he was going to be that special dude. Gotcha. How nice was it to have that Power 5 budget when it came to recruiting and travel? It was good, but at a place like Georgia, you are so insulated and you're so, so surrounded by kids that's in your backyard you don't really bust through the budget like that because you're trying to create a connection with people in your backyard. Uh, and so, but the beautiful thing about that is where there are connections outside your breadbasket, the, the, the states that basically border the state of Georgia, where there are connections, you have the financial flexibility to get the, get to them where they are. You know, where we got uh, Yante Maton out of, out of Michigan. Yeah, that was to have the financial flexibility to be able to go up into Michigan uh, and recruit a kid that turned out to be that good. That's um, that, that's a, that's a that's a luxury. Coach uh, Steele hires you at Xavier in 2018. I'm curious, one, how you guys got connected, and two, what made Xavier the right move? I'm sure you had a number of opportunities over the years. Yeah, so it's it's kind of funny. So when when Coach Steele was getting the job, we were getting fired here at Georgia. And and I guess some people made a connection because Xavier had they, they, they had done a good job in recruiting the South in the past. And that was one of the areas that he wanted to continue to have a have a presence in. And a couple other people had mentioned my name to him. And so this is a true story. The first interaction I had with Coach Steele was over Twitter. He asked my number. I followed him. When, when somebody said, okay, if Travis Steele gets the job, he may be interested in you and want to talk with you. So I followed him. He followed me back. He gets the job. He hits me up on Twitter, asked me would I be interested. I said, hell yeah, I'd be interested. You guys, you guys were no one seed in the tournament this past season. Um, you guys have recruited the South. Well, had a presence in, in the South. Uh, and, and so for me, my thought process was, I thought it was a great opportunity for me to expand what I thought my contacts were, uh, gain great experiences working, uh, in another region, uh, and working for someone who, um, who's not a part of quote unquote, the coaching tree that I was raised in and just get a different perspective. Uh, and it turned out to be the best decision I've made in my career. I know things didn't turn out like we wanted to. At, at Xavier, but the experience that Coach Steele gave me as a coach, I thought has had prepared me for the moment I'm in right now. You guys had an amazing strength conditioning coach in Matt Jennings. I know him oh, from his time at High Point. Yeah, he had elite hair. <laughs> you know, elite hair that goes down to his shoulder blades. Uh, great guy, loving big teddy bear. 
Yeah, no, nah, he definitely didn't have that hair when he was at High Point. But I remember when you guys played at Wake, he definitely did. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm curious at that level, how much do the coaching staffs get together with the strengths and conditioning staff to brainstorm on workouts and, and making sure everybody's on the same page? Yeah, that goes hand in hand. I think uh, a mantra for me is elite teams, elite programs, elite staff, they all have elite communication. And being able to communicate with your strength and conditioning coach, your strength coach, as it relates to, you know, your basketball, I think, you know, that goes hand in hand. So we had elite communication. Even down to our last year, we had Chase Campbell. Uh, he came over to us from Orlando with the Magic. And that's something that 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 really – really you know it, it stuck with us coach jennings got a he got a promotion he was now he's able to be a athletic director something like that uh and so we was able to hire uh, uh chase and communication is key with us and so anytime you don't want to have somebody you know working on some things that's not going to directly correlate to winning on the basketball court and so we just don't we just not a, a throw it up on the wall and hope it sticks type mentality everything that works together Everything, it must work together. Here's your halftime report brought to you in part by Fast Model Sports. Fast Model is the premier company in basketball software. Whether it's finding the perfect drills, plays for your teams, or creating customized scouting reports and practice plans, Fast Model is a must-have for coaches of all levels. Your players will have sets available on their computers and mobile devices. Whether you use FastDraw or Fast Scout. If you want to be an elite coach, then you need to use elite software, and Fast Model is the one-stop shop. Be sure to check out FastModelSports.com and use the promo code BOXSCORE for 15% off your purchase. What was it like being at Xavier and coaching in the Big East? It was phenomenal. To be at an institution that cares as much about basketball, being, a, being in a – Excuse me. Being in a conference that cares as much about basketball, it was it was unique experience for me, uh, and it's pressure. But what comes with that pressure, they support you to no end, and so it, it was it was a great experience for me. Being from the south, it, it was a great experience. Last season, in the middle of the NIT, you named the interim head coach. Talk about that transition, and what you learned about yourself as a coach during that tournament run. So number one, it was a extremely difficult situation. Uh, you have no idea how much our guys and our staff and everyone around really love Travis. Unbelievable guy. Um, and to be placed in a situation where I'm leading this team after winning a game in, in, in the tournament, unique. That's unique. And so I tried to, as best I can, uh, you know, keep it simple, number one. Uh, but give our guys something to play for, right? Uh, the thing that I learned about myself is I have convictions about people. I have convictions about connecting with people. Um, and it taught me, to, you know what, Jonas? You need to stick to those convictions, all right? Because if you have a service mindset, uh, uh, really, really, really focusing in on the student experience, um, that's, that's going to carry you a long way. So, so I just really, really... Uh, learn to stick to my guns or stick to my my um my convictions. Your name, the head coach at Georgia State, uh, this past off season. What's it been like taking over a program that went eighteen and eleven last season, including a tournament appearance? 
Never in a million years would I have thought that Jonas Hayes would be taking over, taking over a program that has been this successful. But not only that, I get here, David. I get on campus and I start to realize how stable of a foundation um, that Robin had left. And the talent that he had left, even though they, they had a lot of talent to leave. Uh, and I was sitting there looking at, wow, this, this program, they got, they got pretty decent culture. Now the foundation has been laid, right? Um, the foundation has been laid. My house is gonna look coming up out of that foundation. It's gonna look a little bit different than Rob Benia's. Um, but I'm so, so thankful that he was able to lay a foundation of love, lay a foundation of belief, lay a foundation of trust, discipline, and com uh, competition that we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna build on that. And so I'm do not ever think it's lost on me. Uh, the idea how fortunate I am to be at Georgia State, at my home, a stone's throw from my home, uh, and, and be able to be the next caretaker of this program. With the transfer portal running wild, I'm curious, how much do you guys in particular focus on player development rather than just trying to sign the player with the most stars next to their name? No, player development would always be a part of who we are. I think when you, when you look at and try to evaluate uh, instead of let's try to be the best at everything, what can you be the best at? Uh, and I think as part of my background is the player development piece. Uh, I take very seriously because that's who I was as a ball player. It was only through uh, hard work and my my time in the lab that I was able to work on our game, work on my game, and be the player that I became. And so that's that's who we are. Uh, that's who we will always be. Uh, you got to be strategic when you when you recruit out of the portal, and you just don't want to just grab anything you can get out of the portal because it has to be a fit. Uh, and I'm a firm believer, call me a pie in the sky believer or not, but uh, I'm a believer in, in sport and virtue. It's what I learned when I was at Belmont Abbey. Uh, it's, 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 it's great to be a good ball player. It's great uh, to be, you know, thought of as a magnificent basketball player. But where does it say you can only be a good ball player if you're a bad person? All right, so I want to have great ball players, but I also want to have great people that are concerned about making the right choices and proper decisions. Uh, and so that's who we are. So we just don't just just get a like a fishing net and just you know dip into the transfer portal and just take home whatever we get. No, we we're selective and strategic. Yeah, if memory serves me correct, I feel like you guys are probably one of, if not the most winningest programs in the state of Georgia, the D1 level, does that make it easier to recruit or is it still pretty tough? It, well, it's, it's still pretty tough because we always going to be people oriented and, 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 and relationship based and centered. Um, but it is, it is something that we, we band about pretty often. It, that's a fact. That's not negative recruiting. That's just a fact. You know, when you look at us the last 10, 12 years, uh, Georgia state is kind of, it's not kind of, it has kind of been the standard bearer of a tournament and reaching a tournament and tournament successes. Um, that says nothing negative about University of Georgia or Georgia Tech or, you know, Mercer or Georgia. So it's not, it's just a fact. Definitely. Coach, I, I, I know that you, you lost someone uh, very close to you uh, after battle with dementia and Alzheimer's. I have as well with my grandma. Mm -hmm. Talk about, that and other causes that you're passionate about 
Well, I'm I'm really, 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 really gonna be into you know finding a cure and some and some help for dementia and Alzheimer's patients because my father had it. Uh, he had an aggressive form. Uh, I think they diagnosed him with vascular dementia, uh, and it took him away from here within five or six years of initial diagnosis. Uh, so he died when he was sixty-six years old, and he became a shell of himself. And and so, matter of fact, he was 67. I, I don't want to take a year away, but he was 67 years old. And for me, um, yeah, that that hits very very home, hits very very close to home, hit right in my heart. And so that's that's a that's a disease I'm going to stand on the front lines to to try to bring awareness, to try try to help find a tool a cure. Another one is cancer. You know, uh, cancer's taken taken a lot of a lot of people's family members, right? And so that's something I'm gonna stand on the tabletops and, and bring awareness to to continue to help find the cure. Coach, we've come to the start bench cut segment brought to you in part by Fast Model Sports. I'm gonna give you three things. You start one, bench one, and cut one. Okay. Nike, Adidas, Under Armour. <laughs> I'm starting Under Armour. Um, I got Nike on my bench. Daggone it. That's a hard one because I love Adidas too. I've never worn an Adidas shoe, uh, but I love I love Adidas apparel, man. But yeah, I have, if I have to cut one, it'll have to be that. All right. Now you look like you eat pretty healthy, but cookout, Bojangles, Zaxby's. Zaxby's. Without oh. question. I had Zaxby last night, Zaxby's. Who's coming off the bench? Oh, Bongo Jangles will come off the bench. Uh, who's who? Who who? Who the three again? Cookout. Cookout. No, I'm cutting cookout. Bojangles off my bench. Uh, Zach. I'm, I'm. But Zach is my. He's my starting point guard. He he's a two man. He's a three man. He's he's my six man too. So you know, Bojangles is probably my tenth man. But it's Zach all day. We need to get them as a sponsor for Georgia State. Now, if you're something totally different, you said Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A would be my starter. Zach would be off the bench. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Ludacris, Jermaine Dupree, T.I. Okay, I got co-starters. I got Ludacris and T.I. Uh, Ludacris is, a, is an esteemed alum of the Georgia State University. And T.I., that's my dude from uh, – he went to my high school, so from the hood. Yeah, that's – so that's, those are my co-starters. I know that ain't what you asked. I'm telling you right now, they are my co-starters. <laughs> and Jermaine Dupree, you know, listen, if there's somebody coming off the bench, I'm winning the national championship if it's Jermaine, uh, Jermaine Dupree. That's a great answer, Coach. Movies, he got game, Coach Carter, semi-pro. Coach Carter. Semi-pro is going to come off the bench. Coach Carter is my starter. He got game, is off the bench. Last one. Hoop dirt, verbal commits, transfer portal. Transfer portal is, is the starter. Um, you know what? Hoop dirt and verbal commits are uh, they are both very well run organizations, very um accurate in the information that they give. I don't know how in the hell they get some of the information, but they get it. We had a kid to commit to us. Hell, they com they they had a they had it before, you know, we was able to put it out. So however they got it going. However, they got it going. They both are elite in the information in the information department. Coach, who are three guests I should have on the podcast? The three guests you should have on your uh, on your podcast. You need to have Dante Jackson uh, from Xavier University. 
you need to have Jarvis Hayes from Georgia State, and you need to have Matt Buckton from James Madison. He was at um, he was at Clemson's do dob. He was also Georgia's dob. Um, you, those are the three: Dante Jackson, Jarvis Hayes, and Matt Buckton. What advice do you have for people trying to stand out who might be trying to get a graduate assistant spot at a school like Georgia State if you don't have a prior relationship with them? Number one, you got to be people oriented, relationship centered, and focus on being productive in whatever you're asked to do. Productivity will allow you to move up in this business. Yeah, you, when you're able to attach being productive, but then having great relationships, you're going to have a chance. So continue to build relationships. Continue to try to sustain those relationships. But don't forget, being productive is the, probably the most important key. Be productive. Coach, if listeners want to get in touch with you, email, social media, what have you, what's the best way? You can email me at jhayes43 at ghu.edu. Uh, my social media is all of them. is coach, at Coach Jonas on Twitter, at Coach Jonas on IG. Uh, you can find me, Jonas Hayes on facebook i don't know how many people use facebook i don't use i mean i use facebook but ig and twitter probably um the most uh, the easiest and most effective ways to get in touch coach i can't thank enough for coming on the podcast you're a coach i've admired from afar for many a years i know georgia state is lucky to have you and i and i can't wait to see your success going forward thank you let's keep in touch david it's been my pleasure. We finally was able to connect the dots. I'm excited.